Insights on Attitude today from Pastor Ray Bentley. What's the best attitude of the heart you can have? It's to have a merciful heart. Jesus was known for being merciful. He was known to the sinners as a friend of sinners because he was merciful. He got in trouble with the religious leaders for the same reputation, being too merciful. Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. The attitude of our hearts is extremely important to God. And today, Pastor Ray brings us some insights on that from the book of James. We're picking up in verse eight of chapter two, and we'll see the kind of attitude God wants us to adopt. Here's Pastor Ray now to begin today's study in the Word of God. James chapter two. He says, if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, and here's the royal law, and I love how he says that, it's the royal law, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. He says, if you do that, you do well. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, he is guilty of all. For he who said, do not commit adultery, he also said, do not murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery, but you do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy, and mercy triumphs over judgment. All right, let's break this down a little bit. First of all, he's talking about this royal law. And the royal law is love your neighbor as yourself. This is where the the rubber meets the road, so to speak. How we treat people, God is watching. And God is sensitive to every human being that you come in contact with. And and trust me, he takes it so personally, the way you treat any other human being is reflecting your heart and attitude toward God himself. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love, the more you love, the more you will be empowered to live all of the beautiful requirements uh, that God has given to us. And if you, so here's what James is saying, by disobeying in this one area, because probably this was happening in the early church. There were people coming to church saying, well, I'm not, uh, I didn't murder anybody and I'm not committing adultery. But what they were doing is if somebody rich came in, they were fawning over them and ooing and aahing over them. Oh, please come. Oh, we're so glad you came and blessed us by being here at church. Here, come sit in the seat of honor. And then if some little, you know, ragamuffin came in, some little scruffy character, they go, oh, would you mind, please go sit in the back or just sit here down at my feet, stay out of the way. We wouldn't want you offending people. Now, here's one thing that I think is also important. I put into your notes. Love is an act of the will first. It is a choice. 
It is something that you choose to do. It is not uh, just by feelings. And this is something that I, you know, we need to clarify, especially in our Western American type culture. We talk about love and we, we don't have the full picture of what love really is. Uh, we'll talk about love as I fell in love. What do you mean you fell in love? Well, I couldn't control it, man. It was like a ditch on the side of the road and I fell in. Oh, great. How romantic is that? So, you know, and it's like, what could I do? I fell in love. And so, whoo, I just went over here and I went over there. No, love is an act of will first. It is emotional, but listen, we don't start. God did not make us in his image to just follow wherever our feelings go. May I say to you that, that we are emotional beings, but love is a choice first. It is an act of will. And that's why God gave us his laws is because we are immature. And when you are young and immature, you need rules to form discipline so that then when you grow up, you don't need the rules anymore because now you have character. And for us Westerners, we think law, and we think, I, I don't get that. I cannot connect emotionally with, you know, delighting in, meditating in, and loving laws. We think of, you know, laws like don't drive over 55 miles an hour. And what, what the word law, I want you to replace the word law whenever you see it in that way, because what it means is teaching. The laws of God are really the Father's counsel, the Father's wisdom, the Father's advice, the Father's teaching. This is the way to be happy, kids. This is the way to live. This is the way to treat one another. This is the way to love. This is the way to peace. This is the way to every dream you've ever had in your life. And when you now, you're no longer young and immature, but you've grown up, and those disciplines have yielded fruit in your life, and it works, and you've tested it and learned by experience because you've done it. Now it's no longer theoretical. I know that this is true because I've lived it, and it works. There's nothing more powerful than that. And now I delight in your teachings, O Lord. I meditate in your ways. I have learned so much wisdom. You have blessed me so much. So that's what he is trying to share. And he is also sharing that, you know, when we come to the Bible, you can't, it's not a uh, cafeteria style. Well, these are the parts I like and these are the parts I don't like. Here's what I agree with, here's what I don't agree with. That, that's total chaos. So here's what they were doing. They were going, look, I didn't murder anybody and I'm not committing adultery, but you know what? There's some people I just can't stand and he's going, no, it doesn't work that way. You have to honor all the laws of God. You, you, great, good that you don't murder people now that you're coming to church. Good, you're not committing adultery and now you're loyal in your marriage. But you also cannot use that as an excuse to show favoritism and to push people aside you shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. Jesus told the story of the Good Samaritan, right? Because this Jewish guy comes up to him and he says, Rabbi, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, you must love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And he goes, what else? And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. He goes, oh, these I've done my whole life. 
And Jesus goes, well, then good. He knew that there was more. And the guy goes, okay, here's my question. Who's my neighbor? Because in the heart of this man, there were people he didn't like, that he didn't want to have to reach out to, uh, that made him uncomfortable, maybe prejudices he had. And that's when Jesus told the story of the good Samaritan. Now look with me in verses uh, 12 and 13. And this is an important one. The judgment of God that is coming. Verse 12, he says, So speak and so do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. James says, don't you guys understand, one day we're going to stand before God and give an account of our lives and for the deeds that we have done. The good news is not just that Jesus is the Son of God and that he died for you and he paid for your sins and he's risen and you can accept him into your heart and be forgiven and go to heaven. Yes, that is the good news. But the good news is also we're going to stand before God one day and be judged. Now, why is that good news? Let me tell you why you don't have to be afraid. When I say that we as believers are going to be judged by God, I do not mean that we are going to be judged for our sins. In fact, I tell you this, if you're a believer this morning, you will never be judged for your sins for all of eternity. Why? Because Jesus already was judged for our sins 2,000 years ago. It is not in any of our future as believers that our sins are going to be judged again. They were judged once, once for all. How many find that extremely good news? Praise God. Okay, so Pastor Ray, what are you talking about then? What is this judgment? I'm talking about not your sins, but your deeds, your, our works will, will be presented in some way. Paul describes it, and we don't know exactly how this will be, but he says, somehow our deeds are placed before the throne of God as our sacrifice to him, and this fire consumes, and if it's gold and silver, they're purified, they remain, and you are rewarded. But those deeds that were done in the flesh or out of wrong motive or selfish, they are like wood, hay, and stubble. So you know what happens to wood, hay, and stubble in the uh, fire, it turns into smoke. I've had it described kind of this way, that we, we all have a tape of our lives, a tape where everything in our lives has been recorded. Now, don't be terrified, because the good news is you know, there was this guy, and the, the story goes that he, he goes, and the angel tells him, yeah, we've got a tape of your entire life. Everything in your whole life is recorded on the tape, and now it's going to be played before the angels, and all everybody in heaven is going to see that. You're going, oh, no. And he goes, oh, don't worry about it. He goes, you know, all, all the sins that you did, some blood got spilled on all those parts, and they've totally been erased. You're like, yeah, roll the tape, you know. So you go on, and, and so your life comes. Have you ever thought about the tape of the guy that, that was the thief on the cross next to Jesus? What's his tape going to be? It's going to be really short, because he never did anything good, except while he's hanging on the cross. Lord, remember me when you come in your kingdom. And then the tape's done. It's ended. He never got to, he didn't, look at this poor guy. He, he was on the cross. He didn't get a chance to join a church. He never got a chance to get baptized. He never wrote a tithe check or sent money to missions or did any good deeds. Lord, remember me when you come in your kingdom. 
So Paul says that some will enter heaven. When this guy, you know, his deeds are judged or whatever, it's like, it'll be just a puff ball of fire. And then I just see this guy and he's kind of like a little black patches on him, smoke coming off him, goes, and he runs in, but he made it. (laughs) He made it, man, he's in. Now, hopefully that's my weird imagination, but anyway. Hopefully, our lives will have a little bit more on it than that. And so he is seeking to motivate us. And and in fact, speaking of judgment, so, okay, what deeds, what will be judged? Number one, your words will be judged. Your words, our words will be judged. Jesus said one time, every idle word, every careless word will be judged and thrown as it were into the fire. I don't know about you, but that makes me want to say less (laughs) or be careful what I say. It's not bad to have thoughts, but once those thoughts come out the lips, your words, your language, your attitude, that's too late. Now, as it were, recorded. The thought, that is weird. You know, we can have bad thoughts if we take them in obedience to Christ. That's what it means to take your thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ, but don't let it come out. The tongue has the power of life and the power of death. James has much to say about the tongue. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. At Maranatha Radio, we've received so many cards, emails, and social media messages expressing appreciation for Pastor Ray's teaching. Our family loved Pastor Ray. He was witty, kind, and demonstrated completely what it was like to have a deep relationship with God. We are grateful that our family was able to come together at Maranatha. Our lives will forever be changed because of Ray's powerful messages. We rejoice because we know Ray is in heaven. Messages like that continue to be such a great encouragement to all of us at Maranatha Radio and the whole Bentley family. If you'd like to send a message, just email us, ray at raybentley.com or post a comment online at raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. So our words will be judged. Our deeds, we've already mentioned, will be judged. And our hearts. The main issue here in verses 12 and 13 is the attitude of our hearts. And what is it that God is looking for What's the best attitude of the heart you can have? It's to have a merciful heart. To be merciful. You know, it's sad that uh, for some reason, when you get saved and then you become a Christian, that too often the church is known for its critical spirit rather than mercy. Let us be known. Jesus was known for being merciful. He was known to the sinners as a friend of sinners because he was merciful. He got in trouble with the religious leaders for the same reputation, being too merciful. Now, let me ask you a question. How much mercy do you need from God? How many would say it's a lot? You need a lot of mercy. You want people to be merciful to you. Mercy means you don't get what you deserve. It's so funny to me. I, you know, a lot of people run around and they go, well, I want you know, God to be fair with me. I want God to give me what I deserve. No, you don't. <laughs> Wrong concept to take to heaven. 
Give me what I deserve. No, 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 no. Don't give me what I deserve. God, be merciful to me. And so, you know, Jesus tells the story of the, the one guy that goes to the street corner, the religious guy with his robe, and he's praying out loud. And he's saying, I thank you, Father, that I'm not like all these other sinful people walking about. He's not even to the temple yet and he, where you're supposed to pray, but he stops on the street corner and the idea that he's letting everybody know is I'm so holy, I can't wait to get there to pray. I've got to pray here and I've got to pray out loud. And everybody goes, oh, that guy is so holy. And Jesus is saying, you know what? That guy has his reward because what he really wants is not to talk to me. He's not even talking to me. He's talking to the other people who are listening so that they go, ooh, and awe. And he goes, that's their reward. He got his reward. He's not going to get anything from me. Is that the reward you want? As people went, whoa, you know, big deal. Do it for the Lord. Honor him. Have a heart of mercy. Are you a merciful person? Have you received? And you know what makes us merciful is when we receive mercy. Then you want to pass that mercy on to others. If God finds a repentant heart, then he is merciful. If he finds a hard heart, then he shows justice. So be merciful. Love your neighbor and and show compassion. Um, There are a lot of people that... There are not as many soft places within the body of Christ that people want God and they're hungry for God. And I don't know why, but there's some churches, ministries or Christians that feel that their part of the body is to be a sharp elbow and keep people out. You know, uh, hey, we are to be that place where people can come and receive mercy and where they can receive healing and forgiveness. So look at verse 12. He also then says in verse 12, So speak and so do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. Again, take the word law out. Every time you see in the Bible the word law, I want you to put the word teaching over that. The law of liberty is the teaching of liberty, freedom. This is not... uh, a bunch of of rules to impinge your freedom or enjoyment of life. In fact, the opposite, this is the manual that will set you free. And if you get that, I, I don't know. Look, life is tough enough as it is. Life is hard in this place. I don't know if you've noticed. It's really hard and the, you know, The longer you live, the harder it seems to get sometimes. I want every advantage I possibly can get. I don't need to make my life more miserable and more hard. This is the most direct route to getting blessed and to be filled with life and with love and with joy and with peace. And even if out of no other reason but just selfishly, I don't want it hard, Lord, then follow God. It will be to you the teaching of liberty. It will set you free. Amen? Totally set you free. And the more that you apply it and the more that you by experience know that this is true. It's one thing to say, I know it's true because I can explain it to you. It's another thing to say, I know it's true because I've done it. I've lived it. It works. And I love that. Because you, how can anybody argue with that? I've done it, I have lived it, and it works. 
Many people in the world, you know, all the philosophies, religions, theories, and knew this and knew that, new, new ideas. Look, they're looking for what is practical, what is real, and what actually works in life. That's what James is saying about the law of God, the teaching of God, the liberty of God. Finally, verses uh, 14 through 17. And this is, really, we'll pick up with this next weekend, but I just want to share a few thoughts here at the very end of this message that faith without works is dead. Verse 14, he says, What does it profit, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. In other words, it's not enough just to say you believe, or I said the sinner's prayer, but it should transform your life. You, you must live it, and you demonstrate that you have a saving faith by the way that you live and by your deeds. And again, James comes back to this same problem that was there in the church. And the problem was that there were these little uh, people that were hungry and destitute. And I imagine them, their, their cheeks are all sunken in and, and they are poor and they have raggedy little clothes. And there were people that were doing fine and they would see such people and they go, hey, brother, wow, isn't it great? God's good, man, things are going wonderful. And uh, hey, be warmed and filled. <laughs> see you next week. He goes, what, uh, what good is that? He goes, why don't you love them? Why don't you say, when was the last time you had ate? You don't look good. You don't look like you've had a meal. Well, as a matter of fact, and then they tell you. And is that, I saw you the last uh, week with the same clothing and it looks a little tattered and could you use some help? That's love. That's Jesus. That's where we get to be Jesus to others with skin on it. The love of God with skin on it. To love them and to have compassion upon them. Amen? And God is bringing these people into our lives, and he is bringing them across our path. Uh, Matthew 7.21 is in your notes. Let's read that scripture out loud together. These are Jesus' words, by the way. Let's read it out loud. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. It's not enough to just say it, but you have to really mean it, and you have to live it, and you have to apply it. And as Jesus says, he who does the will of my Father in heaven. So listen to it and receive it and obey it. Matthew 25 verse 40 uh, says, As surely I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me, Jesus says. And that's what's important, that we love people and we love those who are near us and those who come across our path and we love them with grace and with mercy, with compassion, and we do something practically that will bless them and help them. Amen? Amen. The book of James is full of such practical information. Pastor Ray Bentley leading our study of James currently here on Maranatha Radio. Now, today's study is titled Living Faith. If you missed any part of the message, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. When you get to the homepage, you can leave a tribute to Pastor Ray's life and service to the Lord. 
Also, click the word media and you'll see the words watch, radio, and Devo. Three engaging ways you can enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can link to Pastor Ray's Facebook page, his podcast, his YouTube channel, and Twitter feed. And you'll also find Pastor Ray's books there at raybentley.com. His final book, As the Days of Noah, is a prophetic fiction novel, part of the Elijah Chronicle series. And raybentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also donate securely right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Well, next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in the book of James. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ soon return. The whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.